foundation of wrestling.eventbrite.com standalone wrestling it's going to be coming to norwich connecticut definitely looking forward to debuting in connecticut it's our first time up there there's a kalisto meet and greet which you get to meet him and you get a front row that's 50 there's a front row for 30 and there's also a vip white glove upgrade which is a picture in the ring with our ring announcer and one standalone roster account which is 35 so we have all different prices and then we go down to a 20 dollar ga as well so again there's something for everybody as far as the price structure goes to work with a group called vet ticks where we give free tickets away to the vets and their families connecticut will be one well if you want to laugh you know the, the person who's in that family that likes comedy stuff is going to like that if you want to see john wayne murdoch and like some hardcore spots and you're into that type of thing you're going to get that you know if you want to see women's wrestling you're going to get some of that you know so a, a great mixture of you know seven to nine matches to give a value for everybody and then to also give them something that they want to come back and see again anybody that's in the connecticut area watching this go out and support this $20 GA ticket, $30 front row ticket, and you also have VIP upgrades. Check out the website. Check out the interview. Davey Richards. I see TJ Perkins, Marco Stunt. But you also have guys like Bob Backlund who's going to be there. If you're anywhere near the Norwich area on May 21st, you're going to want to check that out. Standalone Wrestling. Some one hell of a card. Marco Stunt on the card. You have Nyla Rose, John Silver. You've got Kalisto for the meet and greet. Kalisto. If you don't think kids are going to want to see this masked wrestler, get your your tickets early get the vip package get your photo your autographs line it up and let's knock this out of the park at pistol pizza norway 50 vip 30 front row 20 general admission check them out at foundation of wrestling.eventbrite.com or check out our recent interview with chad menace and go to that pistol pete show because if we don't pack out pistol pete's the chances of him coming back to this area very low and especially look at the quality of that card you got tjp matt Matt Tremont, John Wayne Murdoch, one of the up-and-comers on IWTV. And this is going to be an IWTV pay-per-view. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you. Because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast, and we are together today. Uh, you're going to see half this banner. Sorry, Joe. but uh, And we're sharing a mic, but that's all right, because we still want to bring you content, and we still want to get this out today. So we're going to talk a little AEW Dynamite with my buddy AJ Strangebrew. I'm the man they call Dave. And Before we get started, let's click this little video here. You know the video I'm talking about. Where are you at, your video? All right, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that video. AJ, let's talk about AEW Dynamite while I get things started here. 
Absolutely. What a great show this week. Um, I thought it was very solid. I don't know if it's just how bad Raw was is why AEW came across as so great this week. But um, the fans listened, too, because it went up in viewership. It did. It did. And I found that video. So let's uh, let's get it started here. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. guys so we're gonna talk a little uh aew dynamite um also special start time for rampage tonight by the way 5 30 and by the way that time works so well i think four people watched the show last week <laughs> that was uh was that a 5 30 start too yes it was oh man 4 30 central time yeah so you can watch it just like you did in the old days when you watched um world-class championship wrestling on espn 2 30 west uh, pacific Yes, fantastic. That's a <laughs> California get ready. Kids aren't even out of school at 2.30. <laughs> Hopefully everything works out well. All right, let's get let's talk about AW Dynamite. This was a good show. Uh, Owen Hart Cup all the way here. There was so many good matches. Uh, the tournament started off with Adam Cole and Dax Harwood. I love this match because Dax Harwood – uh, I was so emotionally invested. I wanted to start to believe he could win. I was talking about this with you, and he lost, taking a sharp shoot. It took some classic Bret Hart bumps and Owen Hart bumps too throughout the thing. That little uh, rib to the we, post. We both love Dax. Um, Dax is one of the best workers in wrestling. He's absolutely incredible. Great professional. I, I don't think he has what it takes necessarily to do singles, um, just because I, I'm not sure he has that it factor for singles. You mean the look? Exactly. Because I, I think he definitely could be like a good TNT champion, like Iron Anderson, like a TV champion. Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, but does he look like the guy that's going to be the head of your company? Does he look like Adam Cole, baby? <laughs> yeah, some would argue Adam Cole doesn't have that look, right? Did he have the gym and everything like that? Well, some I, people argue he's not big enough. That's, yeah. uh, but to me, he is a little bit smaller than Shawn Michaels, but he ha- reminds me a lot of HPK. In that sense, I think somebody pointed out on Twitter, though, I saw that like Dax loss almost like Bret Hart, like it was a beauty in his loss. Like he really put over Cole by, by taking the sharpshooter, by, you know, having the pain and this basically tapping out. Oh, Dax is great. That's the, and him and his partner, obviously, with FTR, they are one, the best tag team in the world, in my opinion. So I, I love Dax. I hope he does get a little bit of a push. But selfishly, I don't want him to go into singles because. I don't want to lose FTR. Yeah, they're the best team in the world right now. I would, I think personally, 
Um, Martha Hart was in attendance for this. I thought that yeah, was she cool. still looks good. The kids are there. Everybody looks good. We're happy to see them there. Yeah, the kids look a little older than the last time I saw yeah. them. <laughs> Very excited to see everybody. Um, when that, we went from uh, CM Punk to John Silver. CM Punk forever going to be a heel in Long Island, New York now, thanks to MJF. He wore the Islanders um, jersey out to try to make up for last time, and they still boot him out of the building. We had Hangman Page on commentary, too, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, at the end, you know, Punk beats uh, John Silver. Silver gets a lot of offense. It's a great match. But Punk goes over, and then we have the face-off. Now, wait a minute. Punk didn't just go over. He went over with Hangman's move, the yeah. shot Larry. Right, 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 right. That's, a, that's not just going over. Yeah, yeah. That is literally flipping a bird at Hangman and saying, hey, <laughs> come and get some. Which Hangman did. <laughs> literally. Yes. Yeah. So we're adding a little intensity to this match. Well, the funny thing is both of these guys are very popular, except in Long Island. And to see them both um, walking that middle line where neither one is really playing to the fans, both of them are almost playing borderline heel. Pick a winner right now. I think CM Punk's going over. I think he's getting a championship. All right. Here to hear first. Now right. he could now don't get me wrong, he could absolutely make um Adam Cole here, but this could also break Adam Cole. Uh, Daniel Backman in the comments. The Islander Jersey was a player who left the team to go to Canada. Yes. <laughs> um in fair in fairness, I'm a blues fan and I haven't watched the Islanders play hockey in about 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about you know, you want to talk about pro wrestling. I know producer Joe's gonna love this. His favorite wrestler, Danhausen, is next. Against Tony Nice. <laughs> Actually, producer Joe said, and I quote, this match was what it should have been. <laughs> so me and me and producer Joe are gonna disagree here because yeah. I actually like Dan Housing, as you know. Yeah, I do. I know. I know. Um, and Dan Housing actually can work. I love the fact that they announced him as six foot seven and um four hundred pounds. That was fantastic because that is his actual gimmick. He, he came out at the live show that we saw him and worked against a guy who was about 350 pounds, and they had a body slam challenge. It was a very interesting match. He's a great comedy character. Um, I thought it was good, though, because I think Tony Nese put him over strong, yeah. and then we got Hook out, and we're building towards that relationship. You talk about somebody who's from Long Island. Uh, Hook is born and raised in Long Island. That is where he grew up. Send Hook. And that crowd went absolutely crazy for him. Now, Backley's asking if we saw the skit after Dynamite. This is not a spoiler because it won't be on TV. I don't know if you've seen this. But basically, Punk uh, got into it with Hook. And Hook ended up suplexing, giving a T-bone suplex to uh, CM Punk. I did not see yeah, that. Yeah. So. That's a, that, that is a great future setup right there. Hook has got a ton of potential. Obviously, we don't know how he is on the mic yet because he doesn't talk. But his facial expressions and the way he does play it off is fantastic. Now, um, they do the handshake. Crowd goes nuts. And right now. Reminded me of the mega powers. Now, Hookhausen. Before we now, before our next set, we had a contract signing with MJF and Warlow. There was a Dark Side of the Ring parody, which AJ had missed. I was I missed this one because I, I watch it after. So sometimes I fast forward through commercials, yeah. and apparently I fast forwarded through one too many commercials. So uh, they actually have uh, Jericho narrating, 
And Jericho's like, wait a minute, this is for MJF? I hate that guy. Wait, what's he paying me? Ah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and so they basically go to the whole dark side of, like, PG Punk and how Wardlow screwed this up by not doing the ring. And then they have Barry Horowitz come out, and he's talking about – and then he cost him a match against Captain Sean Dean. That guy's a jobber. <laughs> It was just tremendous. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Uh, it sounds absolutely incredible. And then, of course, we went to the contract signing. MJF is just, you know, playing up the fact that these people love him. Uh, you know, he tells Warlow, you know, we're going to – he basically, first off, we get the stipulations, which is going to be he's going to have to take 10 lashes, much like his old pal Cody Rhodes did. <laughs> we brought that up, too. He brought that up, and he always brings up 2024. Right. And yeah. he says, you don't want to talk about it? And here's that guy in the back. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's going to take 10 lashes, which, of course, Sean Spears made sure to let him know it was going to be 10. And yeah. Okay, first of all, I can't be the only one who absolutely loves when Sean Spears takes his jacket off and does the 10. That is fantastic. That was so over in the WWE and just another dropped ball by Vince McMahon. Randy, I'll get to that question later on in the show. Uh, uh, it's an MLW question. We'll hit it up at the end. Um, so uh, then, uh, basically, Wardlow, you know, he's going to get the match with MJF, but uh, he has to go to Sean Spears, too, first, in a cage, which MJF reminded him he's 0-2, and MJF is going to be the special referee. So I don't know how he could possibly survive that. <laughs> we know he's going to. <laughs> and then uh, his career will be on the line, of course. And uh, well, it's not just his career, he'll never, ever, ever be able to sign a contract with AEW. Ever, but in 2024, him and MJF can both sign with the WWE. Yeah, they could. Uh, and he also was going to give Wardlow a chance to talk. And he told the people, you know, we don't want to boo him out of the building, don't wink, wink. And they did just that, they booed him out of the building. Yes. But a great segment. Uh, I thought MJF was. I think just... we got to give it up for the Long Island crowd. I think that a lot of times we talk about Chicago, obviously, and how great of a crowd they are. Long Island is fantastic. They play along. They're involved. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, uh, they're tremendous. Uh, I agree with Randy. I think Spears is underrated. I thought this whole segment was just gold. They're almost as good as the crowd that we're going to get in Norwich for the 21st next Saturday for standalone wrestling. I agree. Standalone wrestling coming up. We just got some. We just purchased some flyers. Your boys are going to be there. We'll have a table there, and uh, we'll be selling T-shirts, handing out stickers. Uh, come meet us out there, Pistol Pete's. Randy, if you come out for that Saturday show, don't worry. We'll take pictures with you. That we will. All right, FTW Championship match: Jungle Boy versus Absolute Ricky Starks. Pretty good back and forth match here. In the end, Swerve Stickland comes down to make sure that the odds are even, but ends up being a distraction. And thus, Starks gets to retain the FTW title. I'm torn in this because I think Swerve is a better heel. Uh, I actually like <coughs> him better as a heel. I know mm. the crowd cheers for him. I know he's over big time, but I do like him better as a heel. Uh, mm. Christian Cage also seems to be going towards that heel side. Right. So let's also, uh, now at the end of this, uh, after Starks got the win, we have the face-off with... Uh, uh, Keith Lee comes out too. We got Keith Lee, Strickland, and Hobbs and Starks all facing off. And you got Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus in the ring. And so, you know, it looks like we're set up a three way dance for the tag belt. So, like you were talking about, it was very interesting too. When everybody left, here's Kristen just kind of slowly staring at Jungle Boy 
And to the point where the crowd's like, hmm, what's going on here? And instead he just gives them a hug well, once and everything's he, okay. But, but there's a lot of confusion in this. Because Swerve did stuff that could be construed as um, going towards heel. You've got Christian who did stuff that could be construed as going towards heel. We also have Jungle Boy being pouty for the last couple matches and last couple weeks. So he's doing stuff that could be going towards heel. So there's a lot of confusion in this storyline. They're putting a little, they're sending a little, like, I think, little different things out here just to get a little mixed signal. So we're not sure. Uh, back me, I think this is definitely going to be a triple threat match for the tag Absolutely. titles. Um, which I don't know who's going to win because uh, last time I thought, you know, we had Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus FDR and the Bucks. And if they're going to lose in a triple threat, I thought that. But now we're setting up a possible turn with Christian. I, I don't know, like, who would you put the belts on? I would love, this is just me personally, I'm a, I'm a heel guy. I would love to see Hobbs and Starks. I feel like they're more of a team than Swerve and Keith. First of all, I would love to see them get a title that's actually legitimate and not just some stupid title that Taz brought with him out of his attic. <laughs> um. Then we had the Jericho Appreciation Society come out for their victory speech. That uh, went well. Um, I well, feel like he was really appreciated, and there was a lot of victory there. This is the first time, though, that we've seen where the odds were actually even. You know, we had, uh, you, know you considered that even to have the Blackpool um, Combat Club and Eddie Kingston along with um, Santana and Ortiz. That was six to five. <laughs> you had Regal too. <laughs> yeah, and Regal, who yeah. knocked out um Jericho. We didn't have Yuta though. Yuta was there. No, I don't think so. I didn't yes, see. Yes, he was. He Yuda's was wearing in, a sweatshirt and in, jeans. He wasn't in Japan. No, he was there. Because somebody pointed out Yuta wasn't there too. I think somebody's out of their mind. He was definitely there. If you look up on the ring apron, he was wearing a um, black uh, combat club sweatshirt with jeans. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. Will Yuta and Shuri made their way to the ring. I had missed him. So when someone said they didn't see him, well, in fairness, he weighs about 120 pounds. <laughs> Back when Yuta was there, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, he left for Japan the next day. Okay, so that makes sense. Then. Well, Moxley did also. Is Moxley in Japan? I thought Moxley headed over to Japan also this week. Uh, I have no idea. I, I could be wrong, but I thought. I he was mean, Yuta's going to be the Super Jacob. Yeah. This. Yeah. Moxley's got some shows with New Japan, but it's not over in Japan. Oh, it's probably here in the U.S., my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. I just knew he was doing stuff with New Japan this yeah. week. Um, so after that, we went to... Um, D.C. There you go. D.C., that's what I thought. Okay. After that, we had another Owen Hart qualifying match. Uh, well, quarterfinal match, excuse yeah. me. Uh, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. I like this match. I thought this was great. Um, I thought they, you know, after having so much stuff in Dynamite, like usual, it's a tough spot sometimes to be in. And I thought these girls kept the crowd's attention. I love to see Tony Storm actually get a push. But I'm going to be honest with you, as much as I like Tony Storm, I think Jamie Hayter is one of the most underused women's wrestlers uh, in any federation. She really can go uh, and she can really bump her ass off. So the two of these two beat the shit out of each other. And hopefully, at some point, they're going to use Jamie Hader even more. Yeah, Hader's, uh, I like her a lot. I think she's definitely kind of the one surprising me a little more here. I, I do know what Osga's thinking right now. He's thinking, well, Hader's going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> and Randy's asking, do you think we're going to get a blood and guts match with the Combat Club and Kingston? I think eventually. I don't think that's going to be at the pay-per-view. Uh, I think we'll get a regular match first. Maybe. Uh, to be honest with you, I would love to see some kind of miscommunication where we end up with a three-way dance. You can end up with um, 
Kingston's group. You could end up with um, the Combat Club and then, say, Jericho, um, Garcia, and um, Hager uh, and have three-on-three-on-three um, three three for a Blood and Guts would be fantastic. Then we have in the final match of the evening, two guys that tried to kill themselves, Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, insane match. Jeff Hardy goes over at the end, but I mean the spots. Like Jeff looks like he's going to kill himself. I have that. never been more concerned. Darby. Um, I do think it's ironic for the Owen Hart tournament that we could have seen somebody die during this match. But it's just absolutely insane what these two do to each other. And Martha Hart's got to be watching it going, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Darby with that spot off the ladder with the swanton onto the chairs that Hardy was on. Oh my god, the co- even the coffin drop itself. That's so these two both, first of all, both of them deliver their moves with very little gift. The coffin drop and the swanton. If you watch the impact, both of them are insane. Um yeah, I don't know. I um I think that um it was somewhat a surprise for some people that Jeff Hardy went over. Uh, I was kind of expecting that because I think... Uh, no, we predicted Jeff Hardy. Yeah, we over. did, but I know some people were. But I think Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole is going to be in the next... Yeah, it um, had to be. Yeah. As much as we like Darby and as much as he is one of the pillars there, he's also one of the pillars that they don't always use. And I think that they had to put Jeff Hardy over here just because it brings a little bit more marquee, unfortunately, to have Jeff Hardy versus Adam Cole, baby. So right now, uh, we got two qualifying matches next week. Samoa Joe and this Joker. Yeah, don't ruin the surprise, Randy. Stop telling people who it is. <laughs> and Phoenix and O'Reilly. How do you see this point out? Um, I I think, to be honest with you, I think Ray Phoenix might. No, I'm going to go with O'Reilly. I was going to go Ray Phoenix because I think that um, depending upon who the Joker is, right. you got to go with Samoa Joe. But I would love to see Samoa Joe versus um, O'Reilly. And if the Joker's better than Joe, I don't mind seeing that versus O'Reilly either. And I do love Ray Phoenix. but It it could be a situation, too, where, I mean, maybe we get somebody that Joe's going to beat. Yeah, it's just hard to pick this not knowing who the Joker is. If I didn't know who the Joker was, I would say Joe's going to go over, and then he's going to beat O'Reilly. And I think it's going to be Joe and Cole in the finals. That's what, yeah, I would think. That's what I'm thinking at least to, too, because remember, Joe and um, Cole go back to NXT having, uh, um, if you remember, Cole kept making little comments about Joe even there. So there, there's bad blood in the storyline going way back between these two. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess... We're just basically wondering who's Yeah, we need to know who the Joker is in order to actually make a prediction on this. Any ideas? Uh, Well, we talked about this off camera, and I I would love to see Cesaro. To me, to see Claudio versus um, Samoa Joe. Uh, You're talking about two of the pillars of Ring of Honor. For those of us that enjoyed Ring of Honor from day one, um, it's hard not to love Samoa Joe versus Claudio. And, And the women's tournament... Uh, we know Storm's going to go on, but she's going to... Uh, Dude, that's one we didn't even think about. Gargano. Gargano would be good. That'd be really good. Yeah. Imagine Gargano and Cole in the finals. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah, Gargano's also one of those people who, mm-hmm. with his size, is still believable. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think it, I, I'd like to be. I'd like to see Harry Smith in it. I think that would be really cool just because of the Harry Smith would be great just because it is the Owen Hart tournament mm-hmm. and because obviously his lineage and where right. coming from the family, um, and those two would beat the shit out of each other also. So, uh, Britt Baker does she go over the Joker and then she fights Tony Storm? We don't know who the Joker's going to be. Well, we don't know who the Joker's going to be. We do have a built-in storyline there already. Well, here's the thing. We have a built-in storyline already with Britt Baker and Tony Storm. However, that built-in storyline might be too obvious, so the Joker might be going over in that one. And then on the other side, uh, Ruby Soho and Rio tonight, and the winner of that one's going to meet Red Velvet, and I don't know who because Sheeta apparently... No, we don't look at spoilers. We never look at spoilers. I didn't, but I know that they're they're talking about Sheeta's injury. Yeah, but we know Sheeta's injured, so they're probably going to replace her at some point. Right. And then I'm predicting Ruby Soho. So I think it's going to be whoever, um, depending upon, no matter who replaces um, Sheeta, I think that Red Red Velvet's going over. I think it's going to end up Red Velvet versus Ruby Soho in the next round. Okay, so you think Ruby's going to the finals? I No, I actually, it depends. I think if it's a baby face that goes over Britt Baker, Right. Um, I think you could end up with Red Velvet in the finals. Um, with because uh, remember, whoever wins gets a shot, a title shot, mm-hmm. I believe. Also, um, I, I think Red Velvet might go to the finals. It's very interesting because if it's going to be a big debut in Babyface and they beat Britt Baker, then they're taking on Tony Storm. Uh, yeah. So who it's, kind it's of just debuted not too long ago as a big babyface? Yeah. So so literally both of the tournaments, the way they're set up, depending upon who the Jokers are. They're set up in such a weird way, it's hard to predict going forward. Yeah, I don't know if it's Athena or Randy, because if it was Athena, I think Athena would go over, but I think Athena and Tony Storm is a weird matchup in your semifinals. It absolutely is. Now, you talked about big baby faces. As much as we like Athena, and as great as she is, I'm not sure she's over as much as a baby face as Tony Storm is. Right. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, honestly. I mean... Um, Amber Moon probably got a better push than Tony. She did get a better push to a point. However, Tony Storm has um, got a certain group of fans now that might support her even more. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Only her fans will know. I know what you're saying, but I don't. Uh, I don't know about the difference. Now, um, to get to Randy's question earlier, do I think Richard Holiday is going to take the title off of Hammerstone? It's a good story. Um, so. Um, I, I, they they put their rag into Hammerstone. I'm gonna stick with Hammerstone. I, I think Hammerstone's going over. Uh, I am a fan of Hammerstone. Also, yeah. I, we don't get me wrong. We love Rich Holiday. Also, but uh, Hammerstone, they just they've invested too much. Oh, Backley says he's got a good guess who could replace Sheeta if she can't compete. Um, yeah. I I've got a guess also, but Backley, who is your guess? Yeah, I wonder. I'm trying to think who's around. Uh, Maria Shafir. Uh, Maria Shafir could. Um, That'd oh, be against Velvet. So what about everybody's face. favorite alien? Oh, Statlander. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, me and Backley agree with each other. So yeah, that's, uh, actually, Statlander wins, and then Statlander and Red Velvet. Well, remember, they're actually um, yeah. they had that heated rivalry also. Mm-hmm. That um, is what started to turn. She's somebody I could see actually win the whole thing too. Actually. Yeah, so, that's uh, uh, interesting. So there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of good stuff. I think that's what's great about this tournament right now is we don't really know who's going to win. Um, it's a good debut. 
I hope in the future, though, maybe uh, the winner of these Owen Hart Cups will actually get something, too. Like, well, that's what know, they so. should do. They should get, like, a title shot. They should get something that yeah. means something. Um, you know what we should do? Top five of the week. Oh, that's a genius. Top five of the week. Uh, so, I'll go with um, Dax and Cole. We're going to do uh, Dax and Cole. Um, I'm going to go with Darby and Jeff just because of the insanity, the dark side of the ring thing, because I saw that. And uh, I don't know if anything in WWE really uh, got me. Uh, Impact did do a gauntlet match uh, last week, uh, last night for the title. They taped that. Um, so I, I don't know. So I'm actually going to go with some stuff here for you that's a little bit different. I am going with one WWE thing this week. From NXT, Cora Jade and Natalia on uh, Natalia Nightheart pulled one hell of a match out. Um, really made Cora Jade. She did the um, Steve Austin finish. She wasn't bleeding, obviously, right. but she passed out in the sharpshooter, not tapping out, and then they had an emotional moment after. So to me, that match really made Cora Jade really could bring her to the next level, and it also showed how great Natty is. Uh, so that's going to be in my top five. Um, another thing from my top five this week is I agree with you on the Jeff Hardy. I agree with you on the Dax. Um, so that only leaves me two more spots. One of my other ones is I enjoyed the MJF segment. I, I thought that it was enjoyable. Yeah. I thought it was a highlight to the um, uh, show. And then my other one is I'm going to give it to another women's match. Uh, to me, Jamie Hayter and um, Tony Storm paid off. And I like that they kept both of them strong with how they did the match. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's a pretty good top five. Yeah, the gauntlet was good. I just get bored halfway through gauntlets, so it's hard for me to stay focused during them. Oh, you know, I'll throw one other a woman thing, too. Rhea, Rhea Ripley joining oh, uh, Judgment Day and uh, her getting that push with Edge and now, uh, now, So I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why that didn't make mine, because I do agree with that, but then they had the match where they just basically squashed Liv Morgan into oblivion after trying to supposedly make Liv Morgan. And they took Liv, who's worked her ass off and has done tremendous and literally made her completely irrelevant on Monday. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Liv being um, <clears throat> just uh, canon, but we'll see. Um, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it today. AJ's uh, got a birthday to make with his wife. We got to go get some flyers. We're getting ready for Norge in a week time. Saturday, standalone wrestling. Pistol got Pete's. Pistol Pete's. There's going to be guys like Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez there, Bob Backwin, Sabu, Gangrel. John Silver. John Silver's going to be there. So a lot of tops down. Uh, Davey Who, Richards. Who's the luchador? Uh, former Kalisto. Oh, Kalisto. Yeah, we'll be there. He said if Randy Oscar comes, he can wear his mask. Should be a fun show. Guys. We hope to see you there. We'll be back next week recording, and we'll be at Pistol Pete's next Saturday. So check us out. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast. Spotify, Breaker, Over.
Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you as 